national debut of a brand new game show sweeping the nation. Trash or treasure? We'll give you more details here in a, in a few minutes. I think you'll like this one. It'll be a lot of fun, I promise. Do not do not miss it. But before that, let's talk about one right now NFL head coach that maybe could be in that trash conversation here that we're going to talk about a little bit. That's Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith right now is coaching himself out of a job. I think he's going to be fired at the end of the year. And here's why. I would, let's let's liken the NFC South race to a drag race. Right now, I would say if you, you have four cars, right? Each team will, will say is a car. Well, in the Panthers, Bucks, and Saints, I would say rolling up to the drag race right now, those three teams, they'd be in minivans. Not designed to win. Not ones, you know, not, not a car that you're going to exactly pick to win, let's say, a race that is all about speed. And in the preseason, as we get set to start the year, you have Arthur Smith, again, racing against three minivans in the Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers, was handed the keys to a Ferrari. And anyone with a brain, and anyone who knows anything about cars will tell you, oh, you have a Ferrari and three minivans racing. Who's going to win that race? You tell me. You tell me who you're putting your money on to win that race. There's one problem, though. Smith was given the keys to the Ferrari. He doesn't want to drive it. Eh, I'm good. I'm going to roll up in my own minivan. So now, the Atlanta Falcons, and what we're going to equate the NFC South race to being a drag race, has a Ferrari. They got, you know, the trump card, if you will, to win this race. And you have Arthur Smith saying, you know what, no. Let's put the Ferrari in the garage. Let's roll with the minivan. And right now, he's trying to win the NFC South with a minivan, and he's losing. And so he's got to pay the price, and that's why he's got to be fired at the end of the year. You can't go into a race with a Ferrari, say, I'm good, give me the minivan, lose, and then live to, to see the tail. Live without consequences. You got to pay the price. And why the Falcons have a mini, uh, excuse me, have a Ferrari in the garage is because they have three weapons on offense that all were top 10 picks in the draft each of the last three years that are not being used. That are just idling, waiting to get used, waiting to get busted out and let it rip on the open terrain. And are now parked, and when they are used, it's like, okay, you got to stay in the right lane and, and go to the speed limit. Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, tight end receiver, running back, all taken in the last three drafts, in the first round, in the top 10. Yet Smith has no use for them or no idea how to use them. It, it, it is egregious what we are seeing go down in Atlanta. Because Bijan Robinson, despite being a top 10 pick as a running back, and despite being one of the most explosive players in the draft, he managed this year, or managed so far this season, to have just 10 more carries than Tyler Algier. No disrespect to Tyler Algier. There is no world in which you are trying to win bad, uh, football games where you say, you know what, we're going to feed Tyler Algier Basically just as much as our top 10 pick in Bijan Robinson. 
What are you thinking? What are you doing? Bijan is good, and he is not getting enough opportunities to let it rip. I was looking at his carry total today. 176 carries Bijan has had this season. I said, okay, let's see where that ranks. Where that ranks is, I'm going to give you some players here, some running backs, that have more carries this season than Bijan does. Zach Moss of the Colts. Kyron Williams of the Rams, who not only has more carries than Bijan, but also has missed four games in um, in this run. So despite playing four less games, he still has more carries than Bijan does this season. Chuba Hubbard, DeAndre Swift, no disrespect to those running backs. Bijan is better than all of them. And for whatever reason, despite having a lesser running back, those other teams are featuring their running back more than the Falcons are featuring Bijan. It's egregious. Like, it makes no sense. Sunday, I mean, look, there was a. If you're a Falcons fan, uh, you already know what I'm saying here. So, Sunday, I'm sure, wasn't the final straw for you, but Sunday was the final straw for me. I watched way more of that Falcons Panthers game than I'm willing to admit, that I'm proud to admit. It was ugly. It was sloppy. It was in the pouring rain. So you would think, okay, you are playing it in literally like a tsunami. It is coming down cats and dogs. Well, you're going to think, well, okay, it's raining. Arthur Smith already has zero trust in Desmond Ritter just to touch the ball, to take the snap. He's going to run the ball a ton. The Falcons on Sunday against the worst team in the NFL in a tsunami Ran 51 plays on offense. Out of those 51 plays, Bijan, a top 10 pick, one of the most explosive players in college football and billed to be an explosive uh, NFL player, managed to touch the ball eight times. Eight times. That's a game where you give him the ball 30 times and say, go run, feast, we need you. Seven times on the ground, one reception, eight touches, 51 plays for the Falcons on offense. You lose 9-7. Someone make it make sense. That's egregious and unacceptable. The fact that Kyle Pitts, the former number four overall pick, in which you pass on a quarterback in Justin Fields for, the fact that this year he has... Four more catches than Janu Smith. Again, Arthur, what? someone make it make sense. Kyle Pitts, and I'm not just saying this because he's on my fantasy team or was on my fantasy team before I had to drop him because he's not getting any freaking balls thrown his way. He's a talented player. He's big. He's fast. He's physical. He's mobile. He's athletic. Why is he not getting the ball more? Why is Janu Smith a journeyman tight end now all of a sudden getting equal the amount of receptions as one of the most explosive tight ends in the game is. Someone makes sense. Someone, I should say, make it make sense. And for Drake London, I mean, at least London is the top receiver on his team. At least he's the leading receiver. But even still, it's like he doesn't get the ball anywhere near the amount he should. And you have... Guys like Tyler Boyd, who is third on the pecking order between behind, I should say, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. 
Tyler Boyd, more receptions this year than Drake London. Jordan Addison, more receptions this year than Drake London. I, I get Addison's gotten a little bit more of a bigger role here with Justin Jefferson's absence, but still. Rookie wide receiver. Again, more burn. What are we doing? Elijah Moore. No disrespect to Elijah Moore. But how does he have more targets and more receptions than Drake London does this year? Falcons have a, a really talented young like young receiver and can't get him the ball consistently? I get some of that is on quarterback, but also Arthur, Art, tell your boy, throw him the ball. They're talented. They're good. Find ways to get them the ball. I don't understand it. He was a creative mind. He came from Tennessee. He was the Titans offensive coordinator when they went to the AFC title game in 2019. You know who was the best player on that Titans offense was? Derrick Henry. You know what Arthur Art made sure he did every game? Get Derrick Henry the ball early and often. Why that hasn't translated to this Falcons team when you have three young, talented players at different positions, yet you are finding older vets, minivans, if you will, to catch the ball and to run the ball for you? Well, you have three Ferraris parked and stuck in neutral. What what are we doing? What are we doing? It makes no sense. And it's not just me that's noticing it. It's Arthur Blank, the owner, who is paying for that Ferrari, realizes it's um realizes it's just sitting there, and now in an interview. Basically said, yeah, Arthur Smith's future, it's not exactly decided. Anything but committal. That was the Falcons owner talking on Georgia Public Broadcasting. That was yesterday. So I think even Arthur Blank is noticing, well, we have talented guys. Arthur Smith was billed as an offensive guru. We, as the organization did our job in getting young, talented pieces on this team, why aren't they being used? And now all of a sudden, you know, you have the owner, can't really commit to the future of the head coach, and basically said, we're going to let you know the season play out and then go from there. Blank's no dummy, and he does a lot of things by, you know, uh, above board. So he's not going to throw his head coach under the bus or criticize him. He'll do it internally. But I think Arthur Blank realizes... That's, I'll be honest, I pause a few times. Arthur Blank, Arthur Smith, tough to get them right there. You don't really know too many Arthurs. Of course, two and one fr- uh, franchise, go figure. Um, but I think now, again, if you're Arthur Blank, you're seeing three Ferraris in Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. And right now you have Arthur Smith and the drag race that is the a, uh, NFC South opting to park the Ferrari, giving the minivan. Now he's losing at the minivan. He's got to go. So I think Arthur Smith is job at the end of the year. I think he will be fired. I don't think the Falcons are going to make the playoffs. And again, rightfully so. You got the best players. Use them. Find ways to use them. And if you can't, someone else will. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. How hot is the seat right now Arthur Smith is sitting on? David from Dallas has some thoughts. What up, David? Hey, Hickey. One question I have for you, and 
I've heard a lot of this on other shows and stuff talking about this Arthur Smith stuff. Last time I checked, and this isn't it. This is not in support of him, but an indictment of the GM. He's not Belichick, where he's got total control of the franchise. So my question is, shouldn't that GM be headed out with him? Just like speaking of the Panthers, you know, where they fired Frank Reich, the GM should have went too. And in this case, if they get rid of Arthur Smith, the GM needs to go too. And here's why. Sure. You, you, you're talking about the Ferraris. The problem is the GM didn't give Arthur Smith the correct key to to turn over and, and, and put him in gear. He didn't. If they that team was built incorrectly. They got all these weapons, but no quarterback. You you know what this team reminds me of in a way. Do you remember the Bucks before Brady went down there? Remember yes. they had Evans and Godwin and all these different weapons, all these players, but they didn't have a quarterback. And th- they were picking guys in the top ten every year, picking all these different guys, but they couldn't solve quarterback. And I'm sorry, but if Arthur Smith goes, and I think he needs to go, I think the GM needs to go right with him. Uh, I appreciate the call, David. I would not fire the GM, Terry Fontenot, and here's why. The Falcons, just like your example of the Bucks, and the Bucks did not fire Jason Light, their GM, and obviously that worked out pretty well. They won a Super Bowl. The The Falcons are a very attractive quarterback landing spot, and there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks out there on the market available to get. And so if I'm Atlanta, I would give Terry um, one op- one more opportunity here to see what he's got, to see who he can bring to town, whether it's a free agent, whether he makes a trade, or whether he goes on the draft. But I think he deserves, I would say, one more opportunity here to get the quarterback solved. Because, again, that's I think a lot of quarterbacks will be calling Atlanta. You get the right head coach in there that knows how to use those pieces, um, that offense is going to take off. And that's why, for me, I'll give the GM credit. I think, again, you got three good players that are just not right now being utilized correctly. I would give GM Terry Fano a pass right now and say more of the blame for this lackluster offense uh, is on Arthur Smith than it is just the lack of, of quarterback right now under center. Corey is called from Alaska. What up, Corey? Hey, what's going on? I think Tannehill would be a pretty good fit over there if he gets released. But uh, two quick things about Arthur Smith is um, even when they are working – good he tends to pull him out at the goal line and then uh second thing there's no way to get the fan base turned quicker on you than the first week of fantasy football playoffs to get B. John robinson and all that like no touches i know it's not all about fantasy but i was just gonna say Corey, you sounded like a guy when your first point was hey they run Bijan, and then all of a sudden they get to the goal line to pull him out you sound like yeah. a, a a sore Bijan owner is that true i pretty much got him in all my leagues so <laughs> yeah pretty, yeah um, but, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> but you are not alone, and I appreciate the call, Corey. That's been a lot of Falcons fans, but also fantasy football fans as well. That's their gripe with Arthur Smith. And that's, I mean, look. You know what they say, right? If you listened, I forget who said it, so I'm sorry. Um, um, I can't allocate this quote cor- uh, correctly to who said it. But it's like, if you listen to the fans, pretty soon you'll be sitting with them. So, like, if you're Terry Fontenot, if you're Arthur Blank, if you're Arthur Smith, you can't be making your decisions based on, well, the fans are upset. Well, my God, the fantasy football owners, they're breathing down my neck. You know what? If we get to the goal line, screw it, Bijan, you're in. You can't operate that way. The problem is you have Bijan not just at the goal line, you don't really have him throughout the rest of the game. He's invisible for most of the game. 
And that's, for me, the biggest problem with Arthur Smith, not the fact that he's screwing some fantasy football owners here by not getting Bijan some goal line touches. Okay, when we return, I told you it's the fastest sweeping game across this beautiful nation. The debut on national radio right here of Trash or Treasure. You know what they say, right? One man's trash is another man's treasure. I want to do an exercise when we come back here discussing coaches in the hot seat. Because I think one way to look at it is if deciding whether you should fire a head coach or not is if we fired our coach tomorrow, would another team hire him? We'll dive into that. It's trash or treasure next. It's Ryan Hickey. Right now, though, with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. A very fitting rejoin. Both Nick Theodoro, Alex's arm, doing a great job double-teaming this producing job today. Very appropriate right there. Little Bruno Mars, because we are about to play the fastest-growing game show on national radio. Trash or treasure? There's a lot of coaches on the hot seat. So here's how I want to kind of talk about NFL head coach job security, in a way, and that's this. So we have, I would say, 10 coaches that have either been fired or on the hot seat. Let's assume all are fired. Tomorrow, boom, every single coach that's even a smidge on the hot seat, fired. How many coaches would be hired, like rehired, this upcoming uh, head coaching cycle? It is time for the debut of Trash or Treasure. All right. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Ten head coaches out there. Will they be rehired if they're on the market, or will they be by the wayside and still remain someone's trash? The host of this fast-growing segment is none other than Nick Theodoro. Hello, Nicholas. Thank you, Ryan. All right, so it may be the end of an era for Bill Belichick in New England. So what do you think, trash or treasure? If Bill is fired tomorrow... I think he's rehired. I'll go treasure. Alex. Jeez. This is why this show is so good. We have no idea what, what the hell is happening. I told you going to be the greatest segment of all time. It already has been. Great debut. Great debut indeed. But no, if, if I think Bill, he is not going to be in New England next year. But I do think someone else is going to hire him and most likely trade for him. I don't think if Bill is relieved of his duties in New England, he's going to go unclaimed. Or, I mean, he should go to TV. I don't think he's going to willingly at least go to TV. He will definitely be hired, whether it's Carolina. I can see that making a move. Washington has been the team that most commonly linked. The Chargers have Justin Herbert. I mean, we talk about Bill not having a quarterback. Well, there's your quarterback. Um, I think the end of Bill Belichick with the Patriots is here. But I don't, don't think that will be the end of him coaching. He will, if fired... He will be one man's trash in the Patriots, but another man's treasure in that he will be rehired this upcoming offseason. All right, now things haven't exactly gone as planned for Robert Stallo this year due to a little injury by uh, Aaron Rodgers. So what do you think about the future of Robert Sala? Trash. If Robert Sala is fired by the Jets, I don't think anyone's hiring him as a, as a head coach. Defensive coordinator, different story. But as head coach, no. Like you said, Nick, like the season got off off the rails as soon as Rodgers got hurt four plays in. But even still, I think you, if you're the Jets, you have a reason to fire Salah is 
He did very little to keep this game, uh, keep this team inspired and believing despite the Rodgers injury. And a lot of other coaches who also have suffered devastating quarterback injuries have been able to do that. The Vikings are cycling through four different quarterbacks. They're in the playoff hunt right now with Kevin O'Connell. Colts right now have had Gardner Minshew play all but one game for them. They're in the playoff hunt. The, the Browns, four quarterbacks. They're in the playoff hunt. Like, a lot of different coaches have been able to overcome quarterback injuries and still win games. They haven't used it as an excuse. The only team that's used quarterback injury as an excuse, it's the Jets. And that's why if you are another team, like, you face adversity. Are you sure Robert Sala's the one to lead you through it? That's why I think if he was fired by the Jets this offseason, he would not be rehired, not at least as a head coach. Okay. What do you think about the future of Josh McDaniels? Do you think he's trash or trash? Trash. Come on. Do I have to even explain this one? Who is hiring him? He should never even get another offensive coordinator. He should never get another analyst job. Like, you know, like Nick Saban, like, hires, like, feels bad for those guys that want to rehab their careers or hire somebody as, like, an analyst. They're not even on-the-field coaches. They basically just put on an Alabama uh, polo and get to sit in meetings and listen to Nick Saban. McDaniels shouldn't even be hired for that. He, he's a clown. I'll keep it PG and we'll keep it simple. No. Joshua Daniels, he is one man's trash and getting fired by the Raiders, he will be another man's trash. No one will hire him. Okay, now uh, Brandon Stanley was recently removed as the Who's chart. Brandon Stanley? Oh, I'm sorry. So I, uh... <laughs> Read the, someone, an intern wrote the card wrong? <laughs> Someone yes, in the back's getting uh, fired. That uh, intern will no longer be here. <laughs> um, so, Brandon Stanley, what do you think the future uh, is with him? Trash. He is not going to get rehired um, as a head coach. We saw what happened. He's a disaster. And he's not even going to get hired as a defensive coordinator. That defense was awful in his three years with the Chargers. So that's the guy where... He is one man's trash. The Chargers, he's going to continue to be that because no team, I don't think, is hiring Brandon Staley this offseason to be their head coach. Definitely not. But not even their their offensive coordinator either. Or defense coordinator, excuse me. Defense coordinator either. There we go. As of now, Ron Rivera still has a job. What do you think about him, trash or treasure? I will say trash. I think this is uh, Ron's last stand here in terms of being a head coach. If he gets fired by the commanders, I don't think he's getting another head coaching job. Mike Tomlin also still has a job with the Steelers. Trash or treasure? I will go treasure. I think if he, kind of like Bill, is let go, and I think it'd be more of a trade than it would be a firing, teams I think would be clamoring to scoop him up this year. Chargers, again, I think would make a lot of sense. Like There are a lot of teams right now that are directionless, that just need stability. The Panthers scream that with David Tepper, and while I think, I think Tomlin's gotten the Steelers now to where they have just they have peaked. I, like they are to me, no, never again under under uh, Tomlin will they be Super Bowl contenders. But he has gotten them to a point of stability where they'll win eight or nine games every year and be near the playoff picture. That is what the Panthers right now strive for, and especially with David Tepper, who's now looking like just a wild man firing people left and right. You need stability in that uh, on that team. Tom would absolutely be a guy where if the Steelers decide you're no longer, you know, your services are no longer needed here in Pittsburgh, he absolutely will be one man's trash in Pittsburgh. Absolutely another man's treasure, Carolina or elsewhere. Matt Eberflus, trash or treasure? I would say trash. I do. 
don't think another team would hire him as a head coach. But I think a defensive coordinator is absolutely on the table. Like, again, look what they're doing right now. This this nice turnaround for Chicago the last few weeks has been also in large part because of their defense. One of the best run defenses in the league. He knows how to coach guys on that side of the ball. So I don't think another team, if he's fired, would hire him to be their head coach this offseason. I do, though, think he would get a defensive coordinator job. Uh, former Colts head coach, Frank Wright. Trash or Charger? I love Frank. Hate to say it. Trash. Fired in season by the Colts last year. Was the treasure in the eye of the Panthers. Now fired 11 games into his first year in Carolina. I don't think he'll be the treasure of another team's eye this offseason. That's a guy that does scream, I think, offensive analyst or quarterback coach. I don't think even he'll get an offensive coordinator job this upcoming offseason, but I think he will be on some staff next year helping coach their offense in some capacity. Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. Trash. I don't think if the Falcons fire him, he's getting rehired. Well, look right now. You have a lot of offensive weapons that are not being used correctly. I just don't know how that's appealing to another team. If you said, oh, well, he had Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Didn't really get the most out of them. So let's bring him here. And we think he's going to get the most out of our team. Again, kind of like Frank Reich, I don't think he'll even get an offensive coordinator job this offseason, but definitely not uh, hired as a head coach for a team this time next year. And finally, Saints head coach, Dennis Allen. Trash. Defense coordinator, yes. I think teams would hire him to come in and run their defense, not run their team, though. The Saints have been an okay team. They've definitely not gotten the most out of the talent that's on the roster. Dennis Allen, I don't think, really inspires um, players, teams, fan bases that much either. If he was let go by the Saints, I don't think he would be viewed as a as treasure, if you will, in another team's eye. So there it is. There is the radio debut, Trash or Treasure. An exercise kind of look at, if you're on the fence about keeping your head coach or not, well, if you fire them, would they be hired by another team this offseason. I think only two coaches right now uh, that are on the hot seat, if they are fired, would be rehired this offseason, be head coach. I think it would be Bill Belichick. I think it would be Mike Talman. I think everyone else right now on the hot seat would not get another head coaching job, definitely at least not this offseason. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of your Wednesday right here. As a reminder... Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. This time next year, Jim Harbaugh will be in the NFL. He'll be roaming an NFL sideline. Now the only question really is what team? There's no doubt in my mind. He is not going to be at Michigan next year. And just look at what we saw today. There were a few different clues just to to reinforce that thought. Clue number one came out today that the NCAA has charged Michigan with a few level two violations and has charged Jim Harbaugh a level one violation. This stemming from not the sign-stealing scandal. That is still ongoing, and that investigation is continuing as we speak. But no, no, this goes back to the classic cheeseburger discussion. Remember that one that came out back in the um, 
back in the offseason that Jim Harbaugh had to miss the first three games of this season for? That investigation now, Jim Harbaugh has been leveled a or served, I should say, a level one violation, which in NCAA jargon is the most serious violation you can commit. So now Harbaugh has that hanging over his head. He also had a report from Bleacher Reports' Jordan Schultz, who today mentioned that the Chargers, after firing Brandon Staley, are interested in hiring Jim Harbaugh to be their next head coach, which also I don't think both those pieces of news coming out today are coincidences when you look at the date. I like how you emphasize the name of Brandon Staley. Just getting it right for those who did not know and did not know that there was an N missing from the name. Brandon Staley. I hear the name all the time. I could have sworn it was uh, Stanley. My apologies to Brandon Staley. There you go. They, they, they got it right. Better late than never. Better late than never. But look at the date, December 20th. Today is National Early Signing Day. A big part, right? A, a big time of when most of the biggest recruits sign with schools. Like so they still have the February signing day that most people are, you know, that was like the big day back in, you know, even five years ago, the big signing day. But now the early signing day, most of the big time players that um, are packed full sign now. So on national signing day, as high school kids are, are making it official where they're going to college, you have a report coming out about the Chargers being interested in Harbaugh and you have the NCAA releasing their notice of allegations and letting everybody know uh, that now Jim Harbaugh is being charged with crimes in their mind uh, for what transpired back during COVID-19, what was supposed to be dead times when it comes to recruits. That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that as kids are deciding where they're going to go, that these two pieces of news are leaked and dropped out today. Harbaugh's gone. The only question is, the actual date he leaves, and who he's coaching. But he is not going to be there in 2024. And I think even the recruiting class that he was able to put together shows that. Michigan is just the 17th right now, this according to on three. And kids are still signing. And again, you have the, the late signing period, so it could change a little bit. But at least right now, Michigan has the 17th ranked recruiting class in the country. And that's super low considering what they've accomplished the last three years. You look at they have lost one regular season game the last three seasons. They have won the Big Ten Championship three years in a row. They have beaten Ohio State three years in a row. And they've made the college football playoff now three years in a row. And now they are the number one seed in the playoff. How do you not capitalize on that? How are you not getting a top five recruiting class? How are you fourth in the Big Ten? In recruiting, I don't frankly think Jim Harbaugh cares that much or knows he's got one foot out, so why even you know go all in here? I think even kids know it, which is why they're not committing to Michigan because they don't want to go to a school where the head coach is going to be in the NFL either this year or next year. Everything you hear coming out of Michigan signals he's gone. Even go back a few weeks ago, there was a report out there that Michigan is has a contract written and is basically sitting there on Jim Harbaugh's desk ready for him to sign of a massive contract extension 
that pay him, I think it was about $11.5 million per year, which would make him one of the highest paid college football coaches, period. But there's one clause in it. Now, one clause, I think, is the biggest reason why Jim has not signed it yet. And I don't think he ever will sign it. That one clause was, you can't pursue NFL jobs. Because remember the last two years, right? Harbaugh has been interviewing. He interviewed with the Vikings two years ago. Didn't get the job. Interviewed this past offseason with the Broncos and had a conversation with the Panthers. So he's been on NFL radars, just hasn't gotten a job offer. But he's been flirting with the possibility, even when two years ago he said, well, that 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 Vikings, you know, that Vikings meeting is a one-time thing. I am here for as long as you want me. And then what happens next offseason? There he is talking to multiple NFL teams and having interviews. Clearly, like, he wants to be in the NFL. The only question is which NFL team wants him. And so even though he has a contract now on his desk. That would pay him $11.5 million per year. He's not signing it because once he does, he forfeits, at least for this offseason, his ability to talk with and negotiate and interview for NFL head coaching jobs. And that is also important because I this is the last stand. Like This is Harbaugh's last chance to get in the NFL for a few reasons. Number one, just the amount of jobs. Last year, two years ago, you didn't have a ton of job openings um, available for Jim to go to. I think it was like five and like, I want to say four in 2021. I can't remember exactly the top of my head, but it's been around, let's say five. I know last year for sure was five. This upcoming year, I mean, you already have three coaches fired in season. And I mean, when you do the math and you look at who's on the hot seat, I don't think it's crazy to say like another six jobs open up. We could be looking at nine. Maybe there's a surprise firing 10 Hey, coaching jobs open a third of the league? Just from the numbers perspective, this is Jim's best chance. But also, too, from a future wins and losses perspective, I think Jim's star goes down if Michigan struggles. And you look at what's at the horizon, I see a lot of struggles coming in their future. Number one, you have the NCAA now violations hanging over Jim's head. Where... He, was, he already missed, right, six games this uh, regular season for two different violations, none of which, by the way, have been handed down by the NCAA. Both were self-imposed. Well, I, I should I take that back. One was imposed by the Big Ten, or that three-game suspension at the end of the year. The other one was self-imposed uh, for Michigan trying to suck up to the NCAA and suspended Jim Harbaugh for those big, bad openers they had against like Bowling Green and Little Sisters of the Poor. But... I think the NCAA is out for blood here. So they're going to, I think, come down with the hammer for Jim on these initial violations going back to COVID-19. Uh, the the dead period, that is, the recruiting time. And I think they're going to come down hard once they finally con- uh, conclude their investigation into Connor Stallions where, I mean, there's already been some reports out there that it's unlikely Jim Harbaugh, you know, coaches maybe more than two or three games next year. It could be facing a massive suspension where he could be out for the entirety of 2024. So I don't really see now if coming off of a, a 13-0 regular season, which you were the number one seed in the college football playoff, I don't see how teams don't hire you this offseason. But then if you're suspended all of next year, how they'd be all of a sudden saying, you know what, let's bring Jim in. I don't see how that makes him more attractive 
to a team next year. Also, not to mention, I don't think Michigan's going to be, they'll be okay, I think, next year. They're going to be nowhere near the elite level they've been the last three years. I think in part because of these NCA violations and also because look at the talent that's leaving. They have so many talented players offensively and defensively that are going to either graduate or go to the NFL. And now if they give me pick up the pieces of, wow, this roster is not very good. They don't have a great recruiting class coming in. Don't have great depth right now in the roster. There's going to, I think next year is going to be a transition year. So again, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you got to look at, well, I'm 13 to know. I'm in the cultural playoff. If I stay another year and I go seven and five, am I getting hired? Am I going to be more attractive to a, to a NFL team than I am right now? I think the answer is no. Like his stock is never going to be higher than it is this offseason. And that's why if you're Jim Harbaugh, it's now or never. If you're not in the NFL, by March, I think you're never going back. His stock's never been higher. The The job opportunities have never been more numerous. This is your time. This is your time to go back, and that's why I do think he will be back um, in the NFL. Again, the only, to me, the only question is going to be where, not when. Is it the Chargers? Which, by the way, Jordan Schultz reported that today from Bleacher Report that the Chargers have interest in Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely the Chargers should. That should be, if you're not going to go after a current head coach, I think they should. I think they, I think they should go try to make a trade and use that first-round pick and maybe even a, maybe even a few players um, to get like a, a bona fide, legitimate head coach in the NFL. But if you're not going to go that route, then Jim Harbaugh's got to be the move. Guy wins everywhere he goes, has a good eye for talent, is it pain in the ass? Yes, but you know what? The Chargers need direction. The Chargers could use someone to come in and tell them what to do. Dean Spanos, not a very good owner. If you bring Jim Harbaugh and give him the keys to the car, I think you'd be in good hands. So I'm glad at least the Chargers are not, again, at least on the surface. Going the cheap route, because I think it's going to be expensive to get Jim Harbaugh uh, to town with, again, how many jobs are, are out there. So it's the right move right now for the Chargers, but they are not going to be, the, I think, the only ones right now calling Jim's name, or I guess calling Jim's phone, if you will. His agent's going to be busy. I think that name's going to be thrown around a lot. This is, this is it. If you're Jim Harbaugh, this is Jim's last stand to get back in the NFL, and I think he will. And the news we saw today from the NCAA announcing their violations against Harbaugh and Michigan. And also, coincidentally, the the Jordan Schultz report about the Chargers being interested in Harbaugh all come down on National Signing Day, in which Michigan has, for their standards, for what they've accomplished, a very lackluster recruiting class. Jim's gone. Only question, where? All right, it is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome, appreciate you joining us on this Wednesday. When we return, has there been a player that's been that's had more of an impact, I should say, than Steph Curry in NBA history? We'll discuss. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.